Good afternoon, everyone. You're welcome to continue practicing as I share some thoughts and reflections on metta. And then we'll do some metta practice. I'll guide a meditation. But I wanted to share just some orientation, some images, some further thoughts on this practice of really giving authority to our heart. Ajahn Suchito talks about this as giving authority to the chitta. The chitta meaning the heart-mind. And we've been doing this over the course of the days. We've been working through the traditional categories of metta, beginning with metta for our body, metta for ourself. And then yesterday you did metta for a benefactor. And in this particular system of of using phrases and categories to develop loving-kindness, we're supposed to start with what's easy. (laughs) Traditionally, that would be the self. (laughs) But you might have seen that actually it's quite hard. Sometimes we are our own most difficult person. So, phew, we've gotten through that one, and we are now really in an easy category, this metta for a friend. And then, of course, friends can be complicated, too. Friends that we've known for a long time, sometimes we start to do metta for them with all our good intentions, and then all the things that are wrong with them come right up (laughs) to the surface of our mind. I wish they were different this way and that one time and blah, blah, blah. So I think as we've been mentioning, this is part of the metta practice. It it comes up naturally. And I would invite a simple friend. You know, maybe not even your best friend. A friend that is just a simple, easy relationship with them. Could be someone you don't even know all that well but they bring out a kind of friendly attitude. And yet again, when we start to think about our friends, we might have this scarcity come up, like, well, I don't have very many friends, or I don't have a friend like that in my life. And then it brings all this grief, actually, and loneliness can come in this category. So really good friends are your pets. You can do metta for your puppy or your goldfish, your cat. I really love doing metta for my favorite tree. You've been coming to IMS for a long time. You probably have your favorite trees. I really think trees embody metta. Have you felt that from them? You know, just the goodness they offer, the beauty, and then the shade The Buddha was awakened under a tree. So we can really tune into metta in this very simple way that trees are our friends. Or maybe your favorite body of water, a place in nature, the ocean that holds you like a friend. Or the woods, 
or a lake or a stream. This is all really wonderful material for the friend category. Because the idea is to choose something that helps us relax and drop into our natural chitta, the capacity of the heart. Also knowing this is going to bring up the difficult parts. We're going to have all the feelings. That's part of this practice. And it's kind to make it easy on ourselves. So with all of the harshness and the criticism and the hurt that comes out in metta, we're creating a container that's good enough, that's big enough to hold all of it. And so just to locate us in the tradition, many of you know that metta is the first divine abiding, Brahma Vihara. But if we were here for longer, we would then work through all the categories in compassion practice, in joy practice, and in equanimity. So these heart practices come in the set of four. And I really invite, if you're curious, at some point in your practice to do a deep dive into all of these categories in each of the four divine abidings. Brahma, divine or sacred, and then Vihara, home. It's like a safe place to live. These Brahma Viharas, and I was talking with some of you today about how it's almost like when we lift out all of our, you know, our obstacles, our wanting and our aversion and our confusion, when all of that gets kind of cleared out some, we see that metta is the natural radiance of the heart. It's already here. It really is who we are. So we can trust that it's like this safe place to come home to. And I love many of you have been taking Matthew's advice and doing metta while walking. And you're welcome to do metta while eating. It's a really good practice. Metta at the meals. Or metta while you're brushing your teeth. Or metta in between. Or metta all the time. It's an open invitation. And it was so wonderful to hear from some that just dropping into the phrases and orienting the heart in a friendly way really helped pick up the walking practice in a different way. So you can be playful, bring it in whenever you want. And I know many of you are using this whole retreat as a metta retreat. Maybe using the phrases, maybe not. Maybe it's just about relaxing and learning how to be kind and take care. We're taking care, we're attending to. We're tending with tenderness. And this is why, actually, mindfulness practice is really not that different from metta. Just this very clear, clean presence arriving home again and again, staying open and curious. There's already just a quiet kind of care. That's often enough. really refining our relationship to things, our relationship to ourselves, to other people around us, to nature, to the world. 
can we orient with care? It doesn't have to be a loud kind of love. It can be a very gentle, just tuning to, resonating with. such a helpful attitude to have on retreat because we do get harsh and we do get serious. And so if we can remember to hold this kind of care for ourselves. I remember I was doing a very particularly serious retreat at the forest refuge across the forest here a few years ago and I knew that Sharon was here teaching her metta retreat. She usually teaches it in May. And I had all this FOMO, like, here I am, I'm suffering, I'm alone. <laughs> There's all these hundred yogis down here at the RC, just doing metta. And it was like I could feel their radiant, the waves of their metta rippling through the forest. And it was snowy, maybe it was, it was a, like snowy spring. Anyway, it's snowy outside. And I would walk the trails in the forest, and I saw like snow angels, you know, people like doing hearts in the snow. <laughs> and just that, I, got, I kind of got over my FOMO and I was just able to feel like, oh, this is like a meta engine down here. It's just radiating. And that helped me. It helped me kind of open and receive, like, oh, this happening right here. So then my retreat really changed. I had a little bit more metta for myself. And what I started to do was walk through the retreat, the forest refuge. There was only a few yogis there, maybe 20 of us. And I started walking through as if everyone is doing metta for me. (laughs) Like, everybody loves me. (laughs) It really changed the whole thing. And you can do that. You can do that here. You know, what would it be like to walk through the world as if everyone loved you? As if everyone was a Buddha and they had that kind of respect and care and dignity. Can you just try it out? Here we're not talking to each other, so it's pretty easy. You just imagine that here. So I'll just give you this last list from the suttas as an advertisement for metta. I really think the Buddha was like, do this. These are the benefits you'll get. And you can see a little bit of of his culture, actually, from this time, 2,600 years ago. The Buddha told all of his practitioners, he said, if you practice metta, people will love you. Like, literally, they will. Your face will become radiant. You'll sleep peacefully. You'll wake up peacefully, and you'll dream peaceful dreams. Not only people, but also animals and angels will love you. Angels will protect you. Poisons and weapons and fire won't harm you. Your face will be clear, serene. You will die unconfused. And when you die your rebirth will be in the heavenly realms. So this, I think, was what a billboard might look like 2,600 years ago. 
This is what you get. It sounds pretty good. And then Sylvia Borstein, with her sense of humor, she says, just thinking about this list, not even saying it, makes me happy. As an advertisement, without a lot of small print disclaimers, it's outrageous. As an exuberant poetic declaration of the ability of the human heart to rest, untroubled, by loving unconditionally, it's gorgeous. People will love you is the operative line. You'll be protected by your own lovingness. You'll be safe. So it really is a kind of protection, a safety in a world that doesn't really feel all that safe most of the time. So let's do some practice here together, knowing that metta is um, meant to hold all of the heart's grievances. So no matter how you're feeling, if you feel sad or numb or tired or somewhat broken, that's all part of this practice. We're doing this to address exactly all those mind states, all those parts inside. So we can take just a moment to settle. You might take a couple of deeper breaths. I know many of you are very settled already, but see just how it is in this body, in this moment. Noticing the quality of energy, the quality of the heart. And then from this very restful, embodied place, we're going to stay in the body and first use this image, first working with an image. And so whatever image of metta, maybe a friend, maybe a flower, maybe a tree, a simple person or place or animal, it's very easy to love. And stay curious to what image comes to you first, what swims up in your mind. Could be an image of your friend laughing, your pet doing the thing they love most, or the peace of a tree, whatever it is, just letting this image arise in your imagination, your mind's eye, and spending some time really getting curious about this image. It's a person, notice their face. Notice details about this friend that you might not have noticed at first glance. And simply bringing an image of a friend or a 
beloved place or thing, notice how it might impact the mind, the heart, just by inclining in a friendly way towards that which we love. And of course, if there's complexity, we can let it be complex. But we're holding this feeling of friendliness as the most important thing. If there's a kind of uplift to the heart, an inspiration or an affection... course, if the image isn't so clear, that's okay. We can tune more into the felt presence of this person or animal or kiddo or tree. How is it to be in their presence? Letting yourself feel this being, their beingness, their aliveness. And perhaps noticing the qualities that you love about this presence, this being. You love the way their hands curl around a cup of tea. Or the way they can brighten a room. Or how it feels to be in their shade. It's letting the mind really love in a friendly and quiet way this particular person or being. You might have this sense of like, I'm just grateful that I get to be alive at the same time as this being. And I'm glad they're part of my life. And so we hold the image, we hold the felt sense and the meaning, and we let the phrases carry these. And again, you don't have to be equally interested in all three, the image, the felt sense, and the phrase. Notice which one calls your attention, and you can let your meditation really rest on any one of these three elements. 
but letting them really carry your friendliness, your love, your warmth and appreciation for this being, this friend. My friend, may you be safe and protected. May you be peaceful. And may you live with ease and in kindness. You can let the meaning of the phrases really land. And perhaps with each, you can imagine them receiving these qualities, feeling safe and peaceful and easeful and kind. My friend, may you be safe and protected from harm. May you be peaceful. And may you live with ease and in kindness. May you be safe and protected. May you be peaceful. And may you live with ease in your life. May you live in kindness. And so we'll continue in our own way, perhaps holding the image in mind, perhaps feeling these phrases being sent out, seeing them being received, and trusting your good heart, your friendly wishes for this person or being, and letting them carry you.
My friend, may you be safe and protected. May you be peaceful. And may you live with ease and in kindness. And now, just in the last five minutes or so of the meditation, you're welcome to continue doing your own thing. Stay with your particular chosen friend. Or if you'd like to now extend it to just a sense of kindness in the room, how it feels to have this gathering, this community of practice, each of us cultivating these beautiful qualities of the heart. And if you'd like, we can send these phrases to each other. And maybe a sense of offering and receiving at the same time. So, my friends... May we feel safe and protected. 
May we be peaceful. And may we live with ease and kindness in our lives. May we feel safe and protected from harm. May we be peaceful. And may we live with ease and in kindness. May we all feel safe and protected. May we be peaceful. And may we live with ease and in kindness. Sometimes it's really tender. So notice if there's a kind of awkwardness or a feeling of being frozen. That's okay. All of this is okay. It's more the intention for kindness that is the practice. So you can trust that and keep with the phrases the felt sense of the practice here. Your good intentions. And then lastly, if you'd like, we can open up now to include everybody. Feeling your wishes and phrases being sent out into space. And just a sense of spaciousness, like there's no boundaries. So we can send our wishes to everybody equally. Just holding all beings in our care, like space. See how big it can go. May all beings be safe and protected from harm. May all beings be peaceful. And may all beings live with ease and in kindness.
And now just as you're ready, you can let go of any image or effort or phrase or doing anything special whatsoever. And then let yourself just be really simple here. Nothing more to do, nowhere to go, and just letting awareness do the practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.